Morning, everyone. Let's see. Welcome once again to Chatham Community Church. Uh, my name is Jaime. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm glad to see you all here this morning, uh, especially in the midst of a cold and rainy uh, winter comeback day is what I'm going to call this today because it felt like maybe we might uh, be moving past it, but that's North Carolina for you, right? It's the fake out, fake out part of the country. Like, you, you think we're moving from uh, summer to fall? Nope. You think you're moving from fall to winter? Nope. Think you're moving from winter to spring? Nope. Try again. Try again. Uh, glad y'all are here. If you are a guest, whether it's your first time or your first time in a long time with us, so glad you've joined us today. At the end of the service, I'm going to be in the back, so come say hi. I'd love to hear your name. Uh, if I haven't seen you in a while, I would hear a little bit about what you've been up to. And uh, if you are a first-time guest, make sure we get you one of our welcome gifts. Um, for 20 years, Monsieur Perdue, who is the protagonist of the book, The Little Paris Bookshop, has been keeping people at a distance. See, 20 years ago, the woman that he loved suddenly left, left overnight, left in the middle of the night, and only left him a letter in an envelope that was sealed. And his heart broke when he found that letter. And for 20 years, that letter remained sealed. That letter remained sealed in the envelope, its words never received by him. And then one day, Monsieur Perdue opens that letter and finally receives the words. Inside that sealed envelope for 20 years were words that would have mended his broken heart, words that would have helped him uh, be actually engaged in community rather than keeping people at a distance for so long. Can you imagine having something at your disposal for so long, having something so precious at your disposal for so long and never receiving it? And because you never received it, never benefiting from what came from receiving it. This is the last week of our Living Supernaturally series here at Chatham Community Church. We've been talking for weeks about what it means, what it looks like to partner with the Holy Spirit in every aspect of life. We've talked about seeking the Spirit for guidance. We've talked about uh, what it means to face down spiritual opposition. We've talked about invitations to be open to the miraculous. And we've talked about what it looks like to invite the Spirit into the everyday events of our lives, the day-to-day -day things that we set our mind to, even every one of our endeavors. Because living supernaturally is the life we were made for. It's in the everyday that we are invited and we're made to partner with the Spirit of God. And one of the things that makes living supernaturally click in the lives of those who follow Jesus are the gifts that the Spirit gives. Those gifts are for everyone. The gifts of the Spirit are in all play. Everyone gets some. And yet many of us, many of us, go too long without receiving them. And because we go too long without receiving them or recognizing them, we miss out on aspects of the lives that we were made for. It's something so precious, something so crucial to the supernatural life that we've been called to, and it often gets left out. Today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. We're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like to have spiritual gifts operate in an individual's life and what it looks like to have spiritual gifts operating healthily in the life of a supernatural community, of a community where everyone is engaging in the life of the Spirit. 
Throughout this series, almost every week, at the end of the sermon, we've spent time praying. Most of that has been uh, y'all praying in your seats, me praying from up here, guiding us in a time of prayer. And today we're going to spend some time praying as well at the end of the sermon, but it's going to look a little different. It's going to look a little different. We're going to do uh, a little. We're going to do it a little bit differently, and we're going to give it a little bit more time. And we're going to pray today to receive gifts or to recognize the gifts that are already in us. So if you have a Bible, we're going to read today from Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about it because it's going to be projected onto the screen. But if you do have one and want to look it up and follow along with us, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 3. And here we go. For, uh, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members... And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to give, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. What a beautiful picture of community. It's a beautiful picture of a community that is living supernaturally. Paul starts his sort of section uh, addressing the individuals. He says, think of yourself with sober judgment. He invites the original audience and he invites us to have an honest assessment of ourselves. To, to, to give an honest take of who we are, how we've been made, what strengths we have, what strengths we don't have. In the living supernaturally community, there is no need to put on airs. And there's no need to undersell ourselves either. We are all valuable and we all have dignity. And the Spirit dwells in all of us. And the Spirit gives all of us gifts. And this levels the playing field. Not in a way that says that we're all identical, no, but that there is a measure of equality in the value we have before the Lord and the fact that we've all been invited to partner with the Spirit in the ways that God wants us to partner with Him. What having sober judgment produces is what some people call authentic humility. And the call to living supernaturally is a call to authentic humility. What do I mean by that? It's the kind of humility that owns what's its to own. Nothing more and nothing less. It owns what's its to own. That's it. And the Spirit is the one that enables that. The Spirit frees us to be no more and no less than who God made us to be and to do the things that God empowers us to do, and to participate in the ways God has equipped us for in the life of the community. And that is a gift. That is a gift in a world that continuously makes us feel like somehow we aren't enough. 
Like somehow we need more in order to be better, in order to be enough, in order to be valuable. We can be upfront in the supernatural community with our strengths. We can be upfront with our talents. We can be upfront with our gifts. We can be upfront with everything that we bring to the table, and we can also be upfront with our weaknesses, with the areas where we're not strong, with the areas where we actually need other people's strengths in order to make it. It does no good to the community when we're not upfront about these things. That is true in the supernatural community. When we all practice sober judgment, when we all embody or strive to embody authentic humility as we participate in community, what happens is we gain an accurate assessment of what is present in the community. We gain an accurate assessment of what is present and what is needed. Who has what I need and who needs what I have? And we get an accurate assessment of what we have to offer outside of ourselves. And when we have an accurate assessment of the gifts and strengths and talents and abilities and tendencies that the people in the community of God have, then we get a picture of what our mission, our specific mission, might be in the local community that God has placed us. We get a sense of the scope of what God is inviting us to. We can start to build a sense of what the Lord has specifically called us to here in Chatham County. If we know what everyone brings to the table, right? If you take that table analogy further, we know what the meal is going to look like if we know what everyone's bringing to the potluck. The importance of authentic humility, of authentic humility is implicit in the image Paul uses for the community, the image of the body. See, a well-functioning body is interdependent. There is mutuality in a well-functioning body. It presupposes authentic humility. If the ear is not content with being an ear, or it doesn't tell the body that it can hear, that it's useful for hearing, then it will be harder for the body. It will mean that other parts of the body are going to have to compensate to try to get the information that should be readily available through the ear, and it will always be not quite enough. Not quite exactly what could have been received if the ear were honest with what it can do and content with what it is and what it has. Paul also assumes that if you're a part, that if you're following Jesus, you are part of the community. Paul doesn't give options. The call to living supernaturally, implicit in the call to living supernaturally, is a call to live in community. It's a call to live in the supernatural community. This isn't one we get to opt into or opt out of. It's one that's presupposed. It's assumed. And here's the thing. One of the benefits of living in a supernatural community or of living supernaturally in community is that it becomes the place where our gifts can be identified where they can be developed, where they can be refined. And we can do that in a safe, loving context where people want to see us grow, where people want to see us identify, where people want to see us develop those things that God has placed in us. Gifts are discovered in community. Gifts are refined in community. Gifts are celebrated in a supernatural community. Gifts are affirmed in a supernatural community, in a community that chooses to live supernaturally together. And after giving a list of those gifts that are present in the community, uh, which we're, which we're going to get to. We're going to talk about the gifts. I said that already, but we're, we're, I'm going to skip that section in the text for now. Paul goes through a series of, you could call them moral imperatives, right? 
He says things like, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, practice hospitality, be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, share with those in needs, among other things. What he's doing is after he's spoken to the individual, after he's framed the context of the, of the community living together, he's saying, here are the things you, you should cling to. Here are the things that are, that are crucial to maintain the body, to maintain the healthy dynamic of living supernaturally together. Here's what it looks like to do this well. If I were to summarize what Paul is saying, I'd use words that Paul uses, actually, in his passage. Love and devotion. The community is joined and remains together because of the Spirit. Right? The Spirit is the one that joins and helps the community remain together. But we have a part to play, and here's the part that we have to play. We partner with the Spirit in maintaining a living supernaturally community by being lovingly devoted to one another. You don't have to remember, though if you're good at Scripture memorization, go ahead. You don't, have to, you don't have to remember each one of the specific instructions or exhortations that Paul gives in that passage. If you remember that we are called to be lovingly devoted to one another, you're going to capture all those things. You're going to capture all those things. There have been places where communities who are living supernaturally dissolved, they disintegrated, they caused great harm because there was competition, because there was jealousy, because there were ego trips, because there were people thinking that they were better than others, because there was abuse, all tied to this idea of supernatural gifts. Some of it is spoken about in Scripture. Some of it you can document throughout history. I can guarantee that those places were not practicing loving devotion. Because when there's loving devotion, there may be pockets of jealousy, there may be instances where someone goes on an ego trip, but it can't survive. Those kinds of things can't catch fire in a community that is lovingly devoted. Devoted love extinguishes those things. It extinguishes the sparks of ego trips. It extinguishes the sparks of potential abuse. It extinguishes the sparks of potential jealousy. It extinguishes all that. A community that is lovingly devoted stays together, stays together, and is able to continue to live supernaturally. In late 2021, I had the opportunity to uh, see a movie called Encanto. It's a fantastic movie. I enjoyed it very much by Disney. Uh, and it centers on this family, the Madrigal family, and uh, in a moment of crisis and persecution, one of the Madrigal family members receives uh, a gift. And those gifts are then, it means that her whole family starts to receive gifts. And generation after generation in the Madrigal family receives specific gifts, right? Some people can, uh, can uh, manipulate the weather, can influence the weather. Some people uh, can tell stuff about the future. They're, they're, some people can heal. There's lots, all sorts of gifts. But here's the key. For the Madrigal family, the gifts are for the sake of caring for the community that gathers in the town that's established after they sort of escape the persecution that they went through. The gifts that they have are to serve and bless the community around them. They are for the benefit of the town, and they're also for the benefit of the family itself. Something very similar happens among us. Something very similar happens among the body of Christ. Those of us who follow Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit and we have access to the gifts of the Spirit. The, gift, the Spirit gives us gifts and those gifts are given, same as in the movie, for the sake of blessing the community. 
They're, they're given for the sake of blessing the community, not only outside, but also inside. They're given for the sake of blessing the body and blessing the community that is uh, outside of the body at the moment. The Spirit gives gifts to individuals for the blessing of the community. Right? The gifts are not for our own sort of uh, ego or for our own sort of reputation or for our own sort of puffing ourselves up. They are not a badge of our spiritual greatness. They are not a badge of the favor we have before God. They are a sign of God's desire to partner with us to bless the community around us. They are a sign of God's love for the community, not just the community in the church or the body of Christ, but the community externally. It's a, it's a way that God's saying, I see that there's a need, and I am going to partner with someone to meet that need. It's never about us. We are invited into what God wants to do among us. Among us. Today we're going to pray for those gifts to become evident in our community. We're going to pray for them because they're needed in our community. Some of us here this morning need other people to have and receive certain gifts of the Spirit because we need the blessing that comes from those gifts. But also the community around us needs those gifts. They need us to demonstrate those gifts because they need the things that God can do when people operate in those gifts. So we're going to pray for those gifts to become evident. Let's go through a few of them. We're not going to go through all of them. <laughs> the New Testament names gifts in a couple of places, places like Romans 12, which we read, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, among others. The lists are not all the same, which leads one to believe that they are not exhaustive lists. So that means that there may be additional gifts that are not on the screen. That's okay. But we want to talk about a few of the ones that are on screen. And I'm going to do something... Uh, this is what I did with the youth when I did this talk with them, a more condensed version of this talk, is that I prepared to uh, talk through a few, but I asked the youth, are there any that you're curious about? And there was some overlap and there were some places that I hadn't thought of, and it was good because it was what they wanted to hear about what they were curious about. Now, I want to note some of these gifts are more familiar to us because they seem like well-known skills or trait, but they have different dimensions when they're done as spiritual gifts or when they're done in partnership with the Spirit, and others are less familiar. We may know the term, but we don't know what it means. So before I go through my list, are there any in particular? You can raise your hand. I'm happy to call on you. Uh, I'll take like maybe three or five, and then I'll pick from those, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll discuss a few. I can't do all of them. But uh, yeah, you, yeah, Jan. Encourage. Uh, okay. So I'm going to tie that to exhortation. It's a little bit, it's close to that. But yeah, I'll talk about encouragement. Okay, that's an option. We can talk about encouragement. Anything else? Try to pick one from, from the screen. Okay, craftsmanship. Yes, those are gifts as well. Yeah, I can talk about that, sure. Someone else, this is great. Go ahead, Jeannie. Hospitality. Hospitality, okay. Any other gifts that you're curious about? Gifts of healing, all right. Craftsmanship, hospitality, encouragement, gifts of healing. One more. Yeah, you, you who raised your hand, sure. Word of knowledge. Okay, good. I actually have that one on my list. Well done. Good job. Um, okay, so, so let me talk about a, a gift of craftsmanship. What does that look like uh, uh, when it's partnered with the Spirit, right? So it's basically the ability to um, 
to establish something or to create something that evokes a spiritual desire in people. So the people, beauty is created by God, right? The, the, the scriptures talk to us about the creation worshiping God. The creation proclaims the glory of God. And I think in some ways, there are people who are gifted to fashion things that point people to God, either because of their beauty or because of the excellence for, uh, with which they function. There are ways in which that evokes a sense of like, wow, this is something impressive. This is something well done. This is something that has some dedication. You know, some of them have eyes to see what can come from a piece of wood or from a piece of marble, um, or they can see what can happen uh, with paints, right? There is a way in which it's not just creativity. There is a desire in them, in the people who have this gift, to fashion something that brings glory to God. They're spiritually gifted for that. Um, yeah, the spiritual gift of encouragement, that's a great one. Uh, people who have the spiritual gift of encouragement, and you can tie exhortation to that to some extent, uh, are the kinds of people that you know if you go to them when you're down, they are going to be able to tap into something that's going to lift your spirits, that's going to help you press on. And it's not manufactured, and it's not saccharine, and they're not just uh, appealing to sentimentality. They just have the kinds of words that are true, that resonate, that don't deny what's not going well, but help you feel like, okay, okay, we can press on. We can go ahead. Uh, someone said the words of knowledge. Uh, I'm going to sort of alternate that with the words of wisdom. What's the difference between words of wisdom and words of knowledge? I talked a few weeks ago about how I, uh, God has blessed me with wisdom. I feel like God is, uh, the Spirit has given me the, the, the gift of wisdom at times. So the difference between uh, knowledge and wisdom. Uh, when I experience the gift of wisdom, what I experience is a sense of having a perspective of how things can be or ought be. And I can help give perspective to people. And it's usually something they've not thought of. It's usually something that I hadn't thought of before we had the conversation. But there's something there where it feels like this person just needs eyes to see something in a, from a different light. And God uses me for that. People who have gifts of knowledge know things. Um, I have a, a, a mentor, a teacher, who talks about how the Spirit uh, talks to people. And one of the ways he says, he says, there's the audible voice, there's the sort of uh, images. And he talks about the knowing where there are times where he's praying for people and all of a sudden he knows something. He knows something about them. He knows something about the situation. He is certain and he just shares that word. There is a sense of certainty. Uh, this is, uh, that, that would be a word of knowledge. That would be knowledge. All right, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for asking about those gifts, right? We could talk about all of them, but we're not going to because it would take us forever and we don't want to do that. Uh, but those are some of the ways that the Spirit uses the gifts to partner, to, to partner with us to bless people. Think about how some of those things could be useful, not just here in the community, but around us. People need encouragement, don't they? People already know that beauty evokes something. Fine craftsmanship evokes something. What if it, what it evoked... Imagine the audience is reached. What if it evoked something that, that, that drew people to God? That drew people to God. There are times where people need the right word, the right piece of information to unlock something. What if God used us to bring those kinds of pieces of information for people? 
or those kinds of perspective that will help them turn the corner. Well, friends, it's not a question of what if. It's that if that's needed in our lives, if that's needed in our community, the Spirit wants to give those gifts. The Spirit wants to enable us to partner with Him in that because the Spirit wants to bless our community and the people around us. It's a matter of whether we'll buy in, whether we'll partner, whether we'll dig in. The the Spirit distributes the gifts that are needed for the community to fulfill its mission. We may not see all these gifts in our community now or even in the near future, but we will see, if we seek them, the ones that are needed. The ones that are needed for what God has called us to. Sometimes gifts are regularly accessible. So I talked about the gift, of, the gift of wisdom. I can readily accessible. It's not on call or on demand, but when I need it, I feel like it's there. But there are times where there is a particular gift that's needed in a situation. Someone has not necessarily been particularly gifted to use it regularly, but they, they're there. They're Johnny or Jane on the spot. And God wants to bless in that way, so the Spirit gives that gift for a particular time and a particular moment. I've known people who don't have the gift of discernment, but there's a particular moment where discernment was needed. Something needed to be sorted about whether this was of God or this was not, and they were able to sort it through in the moment. Not something they have ready access to, but the Spirit is not going to hold back when people are willing, when people are able, when people are engaged. What you notice in Paul's writing in this passage is not just that he lists gifts, but he has a particular aim or goal in his talking about gifts because after every gift that he lists, he says something about it. He says, use it. His goal in talking about the gifts here in Romans 12 is to encourage people not just to acknowledge that there are gifts, not just to inform them of what the gifts might be, but to encourage them to use them. And that's the encouragement for us as well, because that's what they're there for. Use the gifts that the Spirit gives. That's what they're there for. They're not meant to be sort of uh, put away like one of those vintage toys that you store for 20 years, hoping that the price goes up. No, they're meant to be taken out of the box. They're meant to be used. They're meant to be engaged with. They're meant to be partnered with. They are to serve God's mission. It's, it's not just because through that others are blessed, though that's true. It's because it's the way in which we mature in our use of the gift. It's the way when we grow in understanding of what the gift looks like in us. I'll give you one example that's really uh, um, tangible of how the gift gets refined. There are people who have what are called prophetic words. I don't mean that, they're, that they can tell the future, but they have a way of speaking words that call people back to holiness, that call people back to God, that call people to righteousness, that call people to justice, that call people to right living. Those people can be a bit sharp at times. And those people have general tendencies towards some of those things as well. And so sometimes it becomes hard to distinguish what is an actual prophetic word from God and what is sort of their righteous uh, indignation or holy discontent. The only way that gets refined is by practicing, by having communities that can tell you, yeah, that was clearly God, or that was a little bit more you. And when it's a safe community, when it's a community that is seeking to develop the gifts, what ends up happening is the person starts to perceive when they can say, I'm feeling this from God, and when they have to say, I'm feeling this from me. 
Not that either is bad. It's just they gain a sense of, okay, this is, this is something God wants us to hear. It's how we mature. If we never use the gifts, we never mature in our use of the gifts. And we never get to see what's possible if we use them. We never see what's possible in our lives or in the community. But here's the thing. In order to use the gifts, we've got to receive them. We've got to either receive them or recognize the ones that are in us. I suspect that there are people here who have gifts. They've been given to them already. They have a sense that they have them, but they've never quite come to terms with the fact that what they have is a spiritual gift. They've not recognized them. Some of us, it's because the traditions that we grew up in, if we went to church, uh, were not traditions where the, spirits were, where, the, where the spiritual gifts were used in healthy ways. Maybe we saw them abused. Maybe we saw them used to manipulate people. And we were like, that's not for me. If that was your case, I'm so sorry. It ought not have been that way. Today is an opportunity to recognize once again that gift in you and renew a pursuit of stewarding that gift in ways that are healthy, that bless the community, and that bless the world around us. This is what we're going to do today. We're going to spend some time praying to receive gifts or to recognize the gifts that we, want, that we already have in us. We want to welcome the Spirit to do what the Spirit wants to do among us. So we're going to create some space for prayer in just a second. Uh, I'm gonna, let me explain to you what that's going to look like. There, uh, there are going to be some people uh, at particular areas in the room. So up here, right here to my left, uh, in the back against that white wall, which has the seating chart, and to my right in the back next to the music cart, uh, next to the yeah, music area, the sound area, sorry. They're going to be there to pray. And uh, I'm going to invite us to go, to go get prayer. Go get prayer to either receive gifts or to recognize gifts that are already in us. And while that's happening, the worship community is going to play us some music. They're going to play over us. It's going to be instrumental at first, and then they're going to start singing, and I welcome you to join them. Last week we mentioned this. I'm going to mention it again. Our mode of operating today is expectation without agenda. I don't have a, a script for what the Spirit is going to do. I don't have a script for the types of gifts that the Spirit is going to pour out or release or the gifts that are, going to rec- that are going to be recognized. But I have expectancy that the Spirit is in this room because I felt it throughout this whole series. I have expectancy that you've felt it as well. I have expectancy that you will receive gifts this morning or that you will, have, you will recognize gifts that you already have. I have expectancy because I believe God wants Chatham County reached, that he wants people connecting to God, connecting to community, that he wants people engaging the world for good. So I have expectancy that he's going to give the gifts that will enable us to do that. But I don't know what it's going to look like, and I invite you to have that same sense of expectation without agenda as you go get prayer. Now, our community likes prompts, so I'm going to give us a prompt. This is only useful if it's useful for you. Some of us need sort of like a, a, a something to bring with us when we come to prayer because we don't, we don't have lots of experience in this. We don't know how to engage. So here's an example of something you could bring with you as you come talk to one of our prayer people. You could say, uh, I want to pray for the gift of blank, right? That's the blank there. But... I come with open hands to receive whatever the Spirit wants to give. Right? That's the expectation without the agenda. 
right? It means we're taking a step of faith to say, you know, I would love this gift, but I'll receive whatever gift the Spirit wants to give. That's great. If you have a gift that you feel you haven't recognized or that's been dormant, then just come and say that. You can say, hey, listen, I, I, I felt like I had a gift of um, words of knowledge many years ago, and I kind of just let that grow uh, fallow. So I want to pray for that to come alive again. That's fine. Whatever's helpful for you, whatever you need, come and get prayer. Let me invite our prayer people to go to their locations. And uh, uh, I'm going to be praying in one of the stations. You can come to me and Stephanie. You can come to Valinda and Chris. You can go back there to John and Trish. Or you can go back there to Tamsi and Robert. Uh, we've all been praying for this. We've all been preparing ourselves for this morning. God has already done some things in North Chatham at the first service. And we are praying that God releases the gifts that are needed here in Pittsburgh. Would you join us in that? Would you go and get prayer? Would you see what the Spirit does if you take a step of faith? Right? God has already done stuff as we've prayed each week in our seats. Take an additional step today and go get prayer. Uh, worship team, I'm going to pray. Would you join me on stage while I pray? I'm going to pray for our time, and then I'm going to go pray. <laughs> and I pray that you join me. All right. Uh, come, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. You are here. We know that. We believe that. Throughout the weeks, we've felt that. You have given us guidance. You have uh, enabled us to know how we can create a supernatural uh, living atmosphere. You've struck down opposition. You've brought freedom to folks in this congregation. You've called us to the year of the Lord's favor. You've invited us into that already. We've already heard testimony of how the Spirit has been working in people's lives throughout this series. All we ask today is more, more of you. God, would you release gifts in my sisters and brothers? If you have a gift you want to release in me today, I receive it, Lord. I want it as well. Lord, would you bring freedom where it's needed? Would you renew gifts that are dormant? And Lord, would you do what needs to be done so that people in Chatham County can connect with you, can connect with each other, and can engage our world for good. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and we say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Amen.